I'm a caretaker, Streeter. Whether you like it or not. <laughs> Here's to God and football and ten years from now, Street. Good friends living large in Texas. Texas forever, Street. Texas forever. Yo, everybody, listen up. Let's do it. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God. Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. This week's episode of Humor in the Abject could have been brought to you by Squarespace, but instead they charge me something like $10 a month to run humorintheabject.com and maybe like an additional $20 annually for the domain itself. Squarespace charges me $5 a month to have an email address linked to the website, and I can pop those emails over to my personal Gmail account through a somewhat annoying multi-step authentication process. Whether you need a custom portfolio, the ability to show off your restaurant's menus or take reservations, start a blog, or just create a landing page, you can pay money every month to Squarespace. So head on over to squarespace.com, scroll down past about a dozen horizontally oriented slideshows of high-definition photos and copy explaining the various features you can plug into your own blog, find the footer navigation, and then below where it says Company, click on the link for Contact Us. Scroll down again until it says Choose a Topic. Then click on Partnering and Sponsorships. In the Tell Us More drop-down menu, select Marketing and Sponsorship. Then select Podcasts. Then, below where it asks, Still Need to Contact Us? Click the button for Email. Then fill out the appropriate fields with your personal information, and under Description, enter GiveHumorInTheAbject.com free hosting and give Sean money for his podcast. You can also attach a file, so dig through your gifts folder and find something sassy. After following these simple steps, hit Send. Let's do the show. Previously on Humor and the Abject, a podcast about art and comedy, hosted by Sean J. Patrick Carney. You fucking screedlers. I told my, when I got into purchase and I told my grandma, mm. and she, she and my uh, grandpa got divorced. In, because like, of that? <laughs> yeah, later. <laughs> people very loose with the, the term emo. Mm. And it's like, I don't think My Chemical Romance has any business being labeled as an emo band, they're a scene band. Yeah, I haven't seen the new Twin Peaks. Oh wait, but I did want to mention... Is it over at night? It's over! Yeah, weird. It's just... It's just Moleskine. Wet <laughs> <laughs> My name is Darcy Wilder and I work for the United States government. Uh, I like something wild, I always did. I just... Feels like it, it's... Lose out the other parts of my life. Most of my time, it's not my fucking years. Ah, fuck. Okay. We got a job to do. Oh, fuck. It's the only thing I can think of. I, I gotta straighten out things with the family. I, I gotta fix it. That bike club. I know him. That deals with the motherfucking narco. We can get to that motherfucker later. <laughs> Episode 2 of Humor in the Abject, the podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. Thanks to everyone who tuned in to the first episode, and a bigger thanks to the first guest, Darcy Wilder. I don't know if Darcy's book, Literally Show Me a Healthy Person, is available just yet on Amazon, but I think we can all agree, fuck Amazon and fuck Whole Foods. Uh, you can buy her book directly from her publisher, Tyrant Books, at nytyrant.com. That's N as in Nancy, which is my therapist's name. Y, because I struggle with depression, tyrant.com. A couple other things. Humor in the Abject is now available on iTunes. It would be great if you could subscribe. I've got a lot of great guests scheduled to come into the studio over the next couple months, some of whom I'm sure you'll be familiar with and others that I hope you'll enjoy being introduced to. And starting with this episode, I'm aiming to put one out every single week. 
I do want to say that I am sorry for the file size of the last episode, which exceeded 100 megabytes, and I got several messages that people could not download the episode via iTunes without being on Wi-Fi. I have perused some online forums and I'm exporting in a much more reasonable file size. Uh, The voices were also a little quiet last time, so I've adjusted the levels and uh, I hope you'll notice the difference. There are a couple shows on view right now and comedy shows coming up that I think that you should definitely see. Um, Brian Balot's Dr. Kid President Jr. at Gavin Brown is up through July 1st. Go see that. Doreen Garner's Doctor's Hours was amazing and actually just closed on Sunday, uh, so you've missed that. Uh, I did write a review of it that's up on humorintheabject.com, but she has also curated a group show called Stranger Things that's up at Outpost in Ridgewood through July 7th, and I highly recommend going and checking that out. Also on view is David Kennedy Cutler's One to One at Derek Eller. That's up through June 25th, and uh, a couple live shows. Tuesday, June 20th at South 4th Bar in Williamsburg at 9.30 p.m. It's a comedy show with Jabuki Young-White, who's one of my guests today, Brandon Mordell, the aforementioned Darcy Wilder, Adam Friedland, and Chrissy Malazzo. And Amy Zimmer, who is my other guest today, has her next That Was Fantastic up on Thursday, June 29th. That show is going to feature Anna Fabrega, Julio Torres, Eudora Peterson, John Early, and Lena Einbinder. It would be offensive of you to miss that. Uh, So today's episode, as you've heard, you're getting a twofer. That's two for the price of one, which of course is zero dollars. I did interview Amy Zimmer a while back for the website over email. She's lovely. Uh, This was an opportunity to expand that conversation and dig in a little bit more. Joining Amy today is Jabuki Young-White, or... I'm sure you know him on Twitter, at Jabuki. He is one of the funniest people on Twitter and, hands down, one of the best stand-ups in New York. And I found out today he's only lived here for like 10 months or something like that. Uh, So, without further ado, here is my conversation with the two of them. Thank you for tuning in. Please share the podcast. And so much love to each and every one of you who has taken some time to listen to this little endeavor. All right. Here we go. We're going now. Like right fucking. Um, so Jabuki Young White and Amy Zimmer, welcome to Humor the Abject and thanks for being on the podcast. This is episode number two. Uh, how are you both doing? And Amy, you can go first. Well, very well. Thank you for having me. I have the little seltzer, yeah. high flavor profile. What did you get? Um, I used a little machine called the Bevy, and I got a unsweetened lemon seltzer. How? Oh yeah, it's got. You can jack the flavor to certain levels. Yeah. What did you go with? There's a Jabuki saw this. I had a a mid a mid level flavor strength, and then I stopped what I was doing and jacked it to full flavor strength. How's it treating you? It's still pretty mild. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Mm. How about you, Jabuki? I'm doing pretty well. I jacked my flavor all the way up. <laughs> what did you get? Um, I got the sweetest one, the blueberry. That's uh, what I wanted to yeah. do, but Taylor recommended, and this is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for anybody anybody who uh, hasn't had the privilege of spending some time at Kickstarter, they do have a very fancy uh, seltzer machine that, do. that we got to use. I went with, uh, I got lemon, um, and I did mid, kind of mid. halfway up, yeah. But I think there's like a blueberry cucumber something is that what it's good it's that's really what you refreshing got? i really don't like seltzer because i feel like it's a tease kind of mm-hmm. and i really just want the a juice tease for soda yes yeah. it's like a tease for i san pellegrino that's what i would always rather have mm. than seltzer but okay what so the cans the... that are like soda-esque yes. the ones with sugar yes. is uh san pellegrino mineral water is that what's the no. difference well mm. they have mineral water but i yeah. like the like blood orange yeah, yeah. oh yeah. oh yeah those? the straight up soda ones mm. yes those are very mm. good yeah, yeah. Really good. nice i thought you were talking about the green bottle the sort oh. of tall sort of elegant one but no those cans of soda are <laughs> amazing. No, those cans of soda that's something else um so yeah uh jabuki you're from chicago ish originally right yes and when did you come to new york I came to New York last July, actually. I'm coming up on a year now. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Almost your anniversary. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Amy, yeah. you're from Florida? Yes, I'm from Tampa. Tampa? Mm-hmm. What's Tampa like? Um, what isn't it like? It's <laughs> it's um, 
in my experience, a real nowhere place in in the best way and in the, I don't know, in the worst way. It's sort of, it's just kind of like a primer for all, all the shit that's gotten real messed up in the country. It's sort of like it's a... It's kind of a hotbed or like a perfect like demographic ground. slice yeah. of all the all the really wild folks that decide to like burn the oldest tree on earth because they were like lighting something you know that it, happened wait, like that in really central happened. florida yeah like this this woman <laughs> that who was sounds on like drugs. a plot line from like parks and records <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no this woman who was like on drugs was underneath the most ancient tree on earth and like <laughs> <laughs> lit up and the thing burnt down and that's a little bit about where i'm from i'm gonna refresh <laughs> that's, that's pretty crazy. I, I grew up in Traverse City, Michigan, which isn't particularly yeah. interesting. But uh, the one the one thing that's kind of interesting is: Do you ever see Bowling for Columbine? You know, Michael Moore movie about the yeah, I know oh, yeah. about gun culture and stuff. Well, there's a scene where he goes to this bank and uh, he opens a checking account, and you get a free shotgun when you open a checking account. And mm-hmm. uh, that's in my town that's yeah. where I grew up, and I knew the guy who's in the movies working at the bank yeah. who gives him the shotgun because his name is Mike and he used to work. <laughs> I used to be a busboy at Mountain Jack Steakhouse and he was, he was a server there. And then he got like this bank job and kind of, you know, went like pretty serious, like full nine to five guy. Save for the shotguns. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he got the, the job there and I, yeah. and I hadn't seen him in years. And then I was watching that movie and I was like, oh my God, I know the guy who's giving guy's giving Michael Moore that shotgun. This is like really special for me. Right <laughs> yeah, now. that was. Was it special for him? Do you know how he reacted to it? I don't know. I mean, it's probably. I always wonder with things like that, like when they get the release form and the person signs it. But he, the guy's from Michigan. He knows like Michael Moore's deal. There's not. Yeah. There was. I mean, mm-hmm. he wasn't. He wasn't. I think maybe super well known in the world at that point. But I think from Michigan, I think people knew who he was. So it wasn't like. You were like, oh, you painted me in the wrong light. It's mm. like you knew if Michael Moore is coming in and getting a shotgun from you that he's got, he's got yeah. an agenda. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's kind of what it was like for me watching The Punisher. It was filmed in Tampa. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is that why that, that's not where the police <laughs> put the Punisher logo on their cars, is it? Have you seen I that think. thing going around the internet? Or at, wait, in real life? I believe so. Oh, no. I hope not. Wow. The only thing that was shot in my neighborhood was uh, the Blues Brothers 2000 movie. Oh, really? Like that. Did yeah. that have Macaulay in it? I, I, I've never seen it. I just know there was this one scene where they're driving through an abandoned mall, and that was that was in my neighborhood. Yeah. Was that it, your mall? Or just an ab- it old mall? It was, it was dead by the time okay. I was on the scene. Yeah. yeah I wish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it would have been fun. No, I would just hang out in abandoned malls, really. Um, yeah, that's why Jabuki's so cool, and that's why I'm here today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jabuki, when you came to New York, how did you – did had you been performing already, I can only assume? Cause yeah. Because you seem pretty seasoned when you perform. Oh, thank you. Yeah. No, you seem very comfortable on the, on the stage, thank as you. they say. Yeah. But uh, how did you get connected with everybody? Because I think I'm – I think the first time I saw you perform was, it was one of Anna Fabrega's monthlies. Um, I had no idea who you were. Mm-hmm. And you. I think I'd seen you retweeted into my timeline a couple times, but I didn't make the connection. Um, like, I'd seen your account before. And then I think you you were, like, playing this bro character who... Yes, I was. Oh, yeah. I was like, I went I went with my girlfriend, Claire, and we were both just kind of looking at each other because I was like, man, Anna doesn't usually book people like this. You know, like, <laughs> this guy's, like... This guy's kind of a problem. You know? <laughs> and, then, like, and then you is just like... Is it the like, slideshow thing? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. slideshow one. Can you describe that for people oh, who so aren't... I mean, you don't have to give away yeah, any yeah, yeah. tricks no, of the trade. But. It's just a feminist bro character. <laughs> but I really like try to play it as realistically, but like as absurd as possible. So like, You're really pretty convincing. I, Thank you. I've was... been around those people. Oh, yeah. 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 But um, I don't know. It always... <laughs> In like uh, like normie rooms or whatever, I feel like it goes over better just because they're more likely to just accept someone talking like that. But yeah. in like <laughs> actual like intelligent like woke YouTuber like um, <laughs> should yeah. we unpack this right um, now? Like, yeah, I was just I was like I'm gonna see where this goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you switched on a dime and I was like oh thank God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, you were saying the characters from ASU, and you were saying like, I went Europe to Rome. I went to Arizona yeah, State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yeah. Anna did too. No, really? I think so. She went to Fordham, I thought. Oh, 
Oh, she's just she from... She was in New York. Yeah, she's, she's from, from Arizona. She's from Tempe, oh, okay. though. She's from where I went to school. Oh, for sure, for sure. So she's always talking to me about ghost sun devils and stuff, which <laughs> makes me pretty excited. But yeah, that uh, Arizona State's a... That is a weird place to have gone to college. And this mm-hmm. is like... I mean, I'm a little bit older than you guys. I was... I graduated in 2004, so this is like way pre-conversations um, about the, just the things that we talk about now. And mm-hmm. it was a very strange environment. I remember when... Uh, when George W. Bush was running for re-election, they had, I think it was a third presidential debate between him and John Kerry at Arizona State. Um, and they had like a concert at Tempe Town Lake, which is like this mm-hmm. fake lake that, you know, they built there that's man-made and like the Foo Fighters played at it. And they had a, <laughs> they had snipers on the top of the art building because- For the they, Foo uh, Fighters. <laughs> yeah, to make yeah. sure that nobody went after Dave Grohl. Ever long. It- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> They're just picking off members of the- <laughs> But no. so that, that was like going on and, um, you know, I was like, I was kind of, I went to, I was at Michigan State when- uh, was that when George Bush ran? Yeah, because I, I started college there. But I was like, you know, we're in college. Everybody's gonna, like, you fucking hate George Bush and you hate John Kerry. Like, fuck them both, you know? But, like, you're going to vote for Kerry just because, you know? But it was Arizona State and there were, like, legit sorority girls. And at this time, there were those rocket dog sandals. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Oh Real chunky bottoms. A platform. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, walking around with these, you know, what I thought were protest signs at first, but they all said the W stands for women. I was just like, oh, my Whoa. God. Oh. George Women Bush. <laughs> George <Stunning>. Women Bush. <laughs> women Bush. <laughs> George Women Bush. Oh, no, that's bad. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so when you – and how did you guys meet in New York just through the kind of scene that's going on? Yeah, well, we were on a show together. I think we were on Joe's show together. Yeah. Was that the first one that he did? Yes. Over the, yeah. That was, it was really Joe all Para Joe Castle. Or? No, Joe no. Castle Baker. Oh, yeah. 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 I knew Joe. He's very funny. Yeah, yeah. Joe was hilarious. I knew Joe through like various Facebook groups that I was mm-hmm. in, like in college. And they weren't even really like comedy groups. They were like, uh, like Facebook poetry groups, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, like the whole like alt lit oh, yeah. scene or whatever. Um, so I knew him like vaguely through that, and I f- saw his Instagram. It was like this is, this is so funny. Like, yeah. <laughs> this is so good, and um, yeah. Then I did that show, and I l- met literally everyone yeah. in like a week. Yeah, yeah. It happened really fast. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's fun. I think I, I met everybody through like uh, the class that I was teaching that had the same name as this, like a few years ago, called Human the Object, and I just met all these like all these people just showed up one day, and like none of them were. I mean, I'm sure some people went to art school or something, but I was just so excited because it wasn't like, it wasn't a bunch of performance artists coming to talk about comedy. It was like actually comedian people and then just started seeing people perform. It was just like, oh my, this is entirely different than this. Like, I didn't know what was going on. I hadn't lived here super long and was, you know, trying to go see, I would go to like whatever that thing, like the East Village Comedy Club or something and like go in and like watch the open <laughs> mics. And I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, this is I used like, to be in there like deteriorating. How did, yeah, <laughs> how, did, like, how did that go over? Like, horrifically. I mean, well, not horrifically, but it's just, like, you feel, like, so, so, like, up against a wall, Mm. sort of. Um, When I first started, I just, like, hadn't found, like, the circles and communities in which I wanted to exist. And I was like, well, I'm just going to hit the clubs, go to the clubs, hit the mics, (laughs) you know, and I would just be there. (laughs) I would just be there and it would just be real, real rough. It's soul sucking. Yeah. And even like, even it just like, even, you know, when you got a laugh, it was like, this is degrading. Yeah. It's like a (laughs) nasty laugh from those rooms. It's like a ha. (laughs) <laughs> yeah or just like while they're checking their phone yeah. and it's like don't, i don't even want that yeah no yeah it's not supportive at no. all i didn't really do that many clubs the first mic that i ever did actually was the laughing buddha mic yeah. oh my i did so bad that they like gave me a notebook <laughs> they both, what like, yeah i like bombed so hard i was like 18 i think <laughs> and this is when i was like visiting new york and i was like i know it's gonna be bad We're so like i need it. to like do it in a different city and then like yeah. have that behind me but yeah, I was doing a lot of stuff like that. And like the environment is just so toxic. And like mm-hmm. a lot of people are 
like actually dealing with real things and in real just, time yeah in real time and it's just a lot of people enabling each other because yeah. like you'll go on and like mm -hmm. do your earnest like set yeah and then people will just go on and just be like mad for like four minutes like yeah. really just like yelling at everyone yeah and everyone's like ha 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 like, that's so and, good and they kill and it's like what are we, who are we doing this for? yeah exactly that's pretty well yeah it's uh i mean i just hadn't i think until i lived in brooklyn and kind of started to see people in, I mean, I don't even know what you would describe it as like a scene or a community. I mean, these are sort of bankrupt terms, that, you know, depending on how you look at them. But there's like clearly this core group of really amazing comics that are doing shows that are just incredibly different than stuff that I, I had ever seen before. And going out and seeing these things and being like trying to tell my friends who are just like, I fucking hate stand up comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't like yeah. comedy. Mm -hmm. I don't see myself in it. I'm not like into it. It's blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, no, there's like there's an entirely different thing happening right now. And it's really fucking cool to just see how everybody is supporting each other and just throwing constant shit like i can't go to you know even 10 percent of the stuff i want to see which is pretty wild mm -hmm. and the one um do you want to talk a little bit about i know we did uh amy and i did an interview over email for the website so i already did that but um in jibuki you just performed at it but the first that was fantastic and you've got another one coming up mm -hmm. and um how do you feel about it uh the may show just was like amazing it, it was, was so it was so much fun everybody completely annihilated and it was just um it was just a joy I mean I I met with Sandy yesterday who's one of the co-founders of the space where I run it run the show new women space and I I'm really excited for the next one uh I'm really excited it's um I think it's gonna be real fun it's just been like a dream to do that show there, especially after there's been a bit of a changeover in New York in terms of the venues. A lot of the venues mm. we've been performing out of uh, closed down. So like this to, I don't know, just find uh, a place like this where you can kind of go in knowing that there's a certain tonality to the show or tonality towards the, the audience and the, the space. Yeah, it seems like if people are coming, they're kind of on the home team already. Yeah. yeah. You know. So you don't have to win. Yeah. Yeah. Which is nice. And it's nice to even like, um, to at least know that going in and being able to play with like what we have as a shared reference point, mm -hmm. you know? It's just, it's just, uh, the May show was so warm and fun. And I just hope to like continue that vibe that was there that was just kind of lively and warm and friendly yeah you know there was like an infectious sort of like mm -hmm. fun in the room and the fact that people hung around afterwards and yes. were just like talking and chilling and like hanging out that's always great yeah yeah it was a cool crossover audience too i was um i got there a couple minutes later than i wanted to and i was in the back and uh standing the whole time but i was sitting by these two little groups of people and um one of them were people who followed jabuki on twitter and had come to the <laughs> yes, show to like I met see them. him for they the were Amazing. And then another yeah. group of people who followed Darcy. And so mm -hmm. there was like this kind of, and they were just like, oh my God, like they're IRL. You know, they're <laughs> right. like standing in front and they went I to I had this not anticipated that also. And like, I think those aren't people that go to comedy shows. No. Like these mm -mm. are just people who are like, I like these people in what they represent online and mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to go to a comedy show. Like I have no idea if these people live in the neighborhood or if they even go to stuff like that, but such a different vibe where you can go to the show and no matter what your background is or kind of where you're coming from to just be like, oh, I'm, there's not going to be a moment here where I feel like implicated and ostracized in some like heinously violent way for no reason at all. Yeah. Besides an easy laugh. Mm -hmm. Like there's just, yeah, there's just, yeah, it's just felt very relieving to at least have that as like the foundation. Cause you know, anything could change at any moment, but it's just um, like just an implicit, it's like a, a relaxation. I think that happens or that happened with just like, and also, like, people just walked in off the street. I was talking to people afterwards. They were like, there was a sign open. And I just walked in. <laughs> and I, they said there was a comedy show. And I came down. And I was like, fab. Like, okay. Yeah, and to not have to win over, like, the people that just happened to be there drinking or something. Oh, at those yeah. kind of places, yeah. which is tough. And, like, really throws people's game off yeah. if you're trying to. Yeah, it's a different kind of set, usually, when you have to do stuff like that. I find I just feel like I kind of laser in on those people sometimes. Yeah, because you're trying to. Yeah, and I notice like 
from the people who do a lot of shows uh, where there are like bar members or whatever, and that's mm. who you're. Bar members. Yeah, bar like, members. Like, There's bar goers. They got the jackets on. Yeah, drink it. Bar, bar members, members only. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but their acts just become naturally more aggressive, caustic. Yeah, yeah. and like attacking, just mm-hmm. because you're so used to having to like win people over. So when you get to a point where people are there to see you and like happy to see you. They're like, whoa, this is a lot right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, there's like a weird like difference of like gentleness and like aggressiveness that I've noticed in some of the different circles. Yeah, it's kind of, I mean, the thing that I, um, I guess I'm just kind of thinking out loud now, but uh, I had asked you, Amy, when we did the uh, interview about this kind of like, you know, what about different spaces for comedy? Yeah. And like, is that something that's going to happen? And like, I mean, obviously it is already happening and probably has historically, but it was just, uh, it's been fascinating to watch because it reminds me of a lot of different, commu- like in, um, I mean, I had a lot of friends who lived in Chicago who were artists and they mm-hmm. thought, you know, we're never, we can't get shows. We can't, they started galleries in their apartments. They start doing these things or yeah. bands who throw house shows and things like that. And it's really, I know it's another bankrupt term, but like DIY, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but really kind of finding those different spaces to do stuff because yeah, it is tough when there's a bar full of people that are, uh, yeah not necessarily there someone for the came show. through opened up a black box theater in brooklyn you would make bank right now yeah like, if you're listening yeah for real. <laughs> there's a lot to... of fringe comedians is that pleading. a term is that a term that's okay to use i i said i, I said alt comic once to somebody and i got an earful and i was like i'm really sorry it's just like i don't you're I said, not a you're not a i don't want somebody to think that when i say stand-up comedian that you are this type of person yeah. or something. Yeah. <laughs> but like, what do you, but you're just a comic, you know? Yeah. I yeah. also, when we talked about that in that interview, it's like, I feel very grateful to have this space, have this show at a place that uh, you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. But I yeah. think there's a place for every type of show. And I think it's, um, mm, I think it's kind of necessary to at least experience a, every type of show that way. You know, it's a I don't know if that feeds into sort of like an old timey mentality, but I think it's good for every type of environment to be experienced while you're figuring you out. Yeah, absolutely. That's why I'm so happy that I started in Chicago, because Mm -hmm. I was dealing with that constantly. And when I came here, I was like, oh, wait, there's so many other kinds of scenes here, whereas in Chicago, it's kind of homogenized. Mm. Um, But yeah, I definitely I'm I like I learned a lot by doing that. There are mm-hmm. like certain skills that you can incorporate into like doing a quote unquote alt room or whatever mm-hmm. by doing like a bunch of bar shows or whatever. Yeah. So th- it's not like you could totally throw those away, but I mean you find what works for you really at the end of the day. Yeah. Cool. We're going to take a quick break and uh hear from one of our sponsors and I'll be right back with Jabuki Young White and Amy Zimmer. Hello, Humor and the Abject listeners. My name is Kentaro Ikigami. Are you a socialist? Do you use social media? Are you a socialist who uses social media but are having trouble letting your followers know that you support single-payer healthcare, universal basic income, and a redistribution of wealth through increased taxation on America's top 1%? Do you ever stop and think, hey, shouldn't there be a thing called socialist media? Well, I've got great news. There's a new startup in town founded by a group of comrades who met on Jacobin's message board last year. It's called DSA Display Name. For a one-time fee of only $9.99, DSADN will add a rose emoji to your Twitter display name. Now all of your followers will know exactly where you stand when you ironically retweet Kurt Eichenwald or Louise Mensch. Further, you'll join the Rose Army, an elite infantry of Twitter users committed to stamping out Pepe's across the World Wide Web. Visit DSADisplayName.com sign up for your rose emoji today remember you look like a liberal without one you know we don't have to harp on this for too long but i did want to ask uh jibuki i was reading an interview with you where you're kind of talking about the value of uh you know or sort of questioning the value of political comedy right now and whether if everybody is so set in their 
kind of ways is is there any room for that to do anything differently and i think we you know i think people at large are sort of critical of the kind of uh the way that people immediately are like you know john stewart eviscerated so and, so and it's like is it's preaching to the converted in a sense and it doesn't really change anybody's mind but i'm curious if i mean that was you know a few months ago that you did the interview and i'm just wondering what both of your takes are on whether there's any efficacy in comedy that's political or if it's just like uh if its efficacy is like therapeutic for you know everybody that's there together or something yeah i definitely think that in terms of um like when I write a political joke, I'm not like, this is going to get people to the ballot box. I'm going to change the next election. I'm going to get it, them out to vote. Yeah. <laughs> it's more of just like a, this is bothering me and I just have to come to like some sort of way to like process this information. And um, I think that's really where the value in political comedy lies is sort of acting like a filter of being able to digest and process for people. Because really like thinking about the shit that's going on is so absurd and like mind numbing and depressing that like the work necessary to sort through all that I think is important. But in terms of like John Stewart got this many votes for Hillary, like that's that's <laughs> yeah. just unrealistic. And I feel like a lot of people almost sort of look at it that way. Like you're taking down Trump by doing this thing. Like, no, <laughs> like yeah. at best, maybe you like made someone feel better about that fucked up fact or like you helped them like process some information, but like, you're really not like starting the revolution on stage. Like, mm -hmm. I don't think that. Yeah. Uh, I would agree with that. I think there, I think there's a lot to do with like, you know, I think there's really uh, adept, brilliant political comedians who, with the right intentionality and who are aware that, you know, change won't happen through a tweet or change won't happen through like a real zinger. And I think that like kind of climate's shifted as things have gotten really real. I mean, there's plenty of uh, jokes about the president and there's plenty of material for that, but that almost, you know, there, I think there needs, there is a real separation between just like, hopping on like the quick take thing and mm -hmm. um uh sort of coming out at, at it with more of like a intentionality or like a focus i think for me i um i can never get too far away from feeling the blood on my own hands and i feel or not so much the blood on my own hands but just um when i really want to like send out a barb I quickly think of the like mass entangle entanglement that we're all in in this thing. So I try, I, I oftentimes like pull back from a more political joke because I, I just sort of like spiral out and thinking of how we're all like interconnected and, and implicated in all of this and yeah. that like who yeah. I'm, you know, it's really fun to just like send off a barb and I don't think there's like anything you know, wrong with that. And I think it can be very cathartic in some cases and really therapeutic to just like have a laugh about this because if there's like no levity right now, what is there? Yeah. But I I think when it comes to like my, um, my position on political comedy, I think I just try to think about how I express my politics in my life mm -hmm. and um, I think it's always an ongoing changing conversation internally about how I express those politics in my comedy. Yeah, I mean, one thing that's pretty interesting, I think, like, do you guys know Erin Markey? Yes. Like, performance artist. Um, I was interviewing her one time and talking to her, and she had done this just wild fucking musical called A Ride on the Irish Cream, and I got to write <laughs> about it, and it was so awesome. Uh, and... Anyways, I was talking to Aaron afterwards, and I, you know, said something along the lines of, you know, this um, musical that you've done, it's, uh, you know, it's really, it's like a pretty queer production, and was that, you know, like political, or was it blah, 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 and she's like, we're having coffee, and she just kind of took a sip of coffee, and she was like, no, it's just queer, and I was like, oh, that, like, just the, the kind of leading by example, or just creating, like, the alternative spaces, or creating the this or that, is probably significantly more effective politically than like a really good burn on 
Jeff Sessions. Exactly. Or a hot take yeah. about like yeah. Mike Pence or something. Because I think that there's, you know, I was saying earlier, the people who came, who knew Jabuki on Twitter, knew Darcy on Twitter and came to this thing, there's probably, you know, tons of kids, especially in New York, who will start to come of age and can go to these things. And you see yourself represented in something. And that's way more powerful than somebody yeah. like doing some takedown about like, <laughs> yes, I also agree that Donald <laughs> Trump is a fucking yeah. sexual predator. Like, <laughs> yeah. yes, mm-hmm. duh. I um. think that's so, yeah, that's like exactly how I feel in terms of like we spend so much energy trying to like come up with this like takedown on how we're going to rip it down instead of just like building something else. And mm-hmm. being yeah. it or just working on being it. Like you have your joke about it, about like being being the change yeah. you wish to see. I mean, like, yeah, you can just... um. I think after the election, I realized how, in the devastation of it all, I realized how, I was like, oh yeah, all of these political beliefs that I have and all of these ideals that I have are like intensely personal. And like my ideas of like liberation or like a vision of the future are like intensely personal. Like my relationship to those political things are like more emotionally personal than I ever yeah. uh, realized until you saw how much like pathos overtook common sense. You were like, oh yeah, all of these things are gut reactions that people are having. And so it's like, you can't shift those in people. Um, you know, like uh, you, you can't kind of like lead a horse to water or something. Like mm. I'm not gonna shift somebody's like emotional reaction with my, with like ramming them with my beliefs. I have to like think about ways to come at it uh, in a different way. Yeah. And I mean, it's interesting because after the election, I really feel like people saw the ways in which their just existence was politicized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you really can't run from that at this point. Like, it's it is such like an emotional like tied to your just personhood Mm -hmm. that I think everyone did have to be like, okay, well, now I'm in this. So like, where do I stand on this? And uh, yeah, in terms of persuading people, that's sort of like a tenuous thing that I don't think is really that possible. But yeah. it's so important to create the, those spaces for when, like, they maybe do change their mind. Okay, cool. Like, Here's we're right a, here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really. No, there's a really fascinating kind of perspectives on it. And I think it's uh, it's hard to articulate that stuff because it's just kind of happening in real time. But it's like something warms the heart when you see like these lineups of shows that are coming up or something you just imagine the person who maybe is like afraid of their identity or anything else like going and just being like here's a room full of people that like are okay with me Mm -hmm. and that's a pretty that's a pretty amazing thing um and is i think intensely political in a way that uh isn't kind of like schlocky or um you know or what have you uh and kind of unrelated to that i guess i was curious too because i think there's I remember, you know, it was said about both things following the election, which was, oh, you know, this is uh, Trump, though, you know, it's going to be great for art or it's going to be great for comedy (laughs) or like, I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like for to to whom's? Yeah. (laughs) Like who said that artists could afford health care? Yeah. Yeah. I'm losing mine in uh, a few. uh, what, What is the date today? 16th yeah yeah 14 days my <laughs> runs out. i don't have it anymore um which is very exciting but uh Get your echinacea i used Curry to is great oh mm-hmm. i do uh i used to do a shot of apple cider vinegar in the morning um, that, i've been just I, I trying to get back thing. into that because i heard it's great for we used to do i used to be in a band and uh my okay my i buddies... got a... <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for um... uh, i'd like to apologize for that. I, i'm gonna apologize for that and then i also on twitter once a year i apologize for having a twin peaks tattoo which i <laughs> still you know great deeply regret i keep i kept getting tattoos of things that were like done and i was like oh this is cool i'm like allowed to get yeah. this now like it's it sealed. won't be and yeah. then it came and then they just come back mm. but love the arre- arrested development tattoo <laughs> yes. yeah. the maybe on yes. your forehead it's so cute i oh love the madman wait, yeah. wait okay where is i going there? but i think the thing is you know this idea that it's going to be good for art or comedy or something like that and this is uh you know a frustrating thing i think to hear is either one but i'm also curious because the sort of charge of when I started this website and when I do this stuff was that um, I'm really interested in this kind of muddy space between performance artists and contemporary artists and all the people that I think are making incredible comedy. And 
uh, I'm not projecting on either of you, but asking you a question, if you kind of consider what you do in the same vein as like somebody who's making art, um, mm -hmm. or if you see a distinction between comedy and that, and I know that's a pretty like reductive question, but I simply mean that I go and see uh, Peter Smith, for example, and I'm just like, this is better than any performance art, art piece I've ever seen. And I'm just losing my mind the entire time. And it's articulate and it's thoughtful and it's like mm -hmm. critically engaged. And all the stuff that you're supposed to do in your MFA, all these comedians are doing better than my friends who paint. And it's kind of like <laughs> fucking me up a little bit. So yeah. I'm just curious, you know, where do you guys stand on that? Like, are you making art? First and foremost, um, I am an artist. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I identify as an artist. Um, no, I, uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess... Um, I do consider comedy an art. Mm -hmm. I definitely do. If you are really putting yourself in it and like truly committed to it, I think that it could easily be art. Um, I think most of the time it fails to be that. <laughs> um, but I think it definitely has that potential too. And I definitely, specifically since coming here, like seeing what people do. Like when I first saw Anna, I was like, oh, I don't have to just do like set up punchlines. Like, like I no, could just yeah. Really yeah. do whatever I want to. And um, I think realizing that definitely has changed the way that I think about it and um, given me more room to experiment with things that I do. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, uh, I, I think comedy is an art form. I would agree with Jabuki that I don't know how that pertains to myself I think it's like um yeah I think it's just a it's a form it's a form that has uh like infinite ways of expression sort of or it's just you know you have a, a space to kind of like do what you want and you can I think with the people around us there's um tons of evidence that you can sort of explore this this form to its farthest extent however you want and it's you know at the end of the day you have like immediate feedback and that's always the barometer mm -hmm. I guess you know like that's not really gonna shift or else it's not comedy so finding ways to get that um, reaction through different explorations of what it is to be up there I think is um, great yeah, because I think it's funny what you say with um, seeing comedians and comparing them to your like performance artist friends or whatever. That I think we really benefit from the like communication between the crowd and the like. You mm -hmm. know when something is working or not. Mm -hmm. Whereas like you could really just sit through a performance art show and like not know. yeah not know anything it's, at all. It's pretty strange. Yeah, no, it's a weird environment. Yeah, um, like what is the gauge? Even yeah, to like determine what's good. It's not. I don't know that there is one, and it's still. I mean, it's funny. Performance art's still. You know, I mean, technically, it's like a baby medium in the history of art it's got yeah. you know oh, yeah. half a century of history or something um as people sort of calling it that and i guess i'm i guess i'm kind of curious about it also um as i'm sort of thinking this through because it seems like what's going on that you know i was kind of joking earlier i can't think you know what do i call it like what do i call this kind of comedy or something but <laughs> it seems like something pretty avant-garde and strange is happening and things are brewing these shows are looking radically different than i think anybody understood comedy even like 10 years ago um these very thematic kind of outrageous things that everybody just gets on board and does this one-off like we're gonna do this <laughs> thing that everybody comes up with like their 10 minutes for this theme that's going on and then the thing never happens again mm -hmm. and like everybody's playing a character so that's work. only gonna be there it's like wild though mm -hmm. right i mean that's that's on a level that's very, very different, I think, from people's sort of traditional understanding of uh, I do my five minutes, I get really good at my five minutes, maybe I work my way up to 15, and then if I get to go on the road, or maybe I can, like, feature, and then one day I'll get on Conan, <laughs> and then one day I'll have a sick... And it seems like people's... Um, not that anybody would, like, turn it if somebody's like, you want a TV show? I'm sure. You know, yeah. Lots of people would be like, yeah, probably. But um, no, sorry, I'm actually an artist. <laughs> I want to be yeah. clear. Yeah. Um, Fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> No, please, please. But um, it seems like the trajectory is really different. I guess that's kind of why I'm asking, too, is because it's like you sort of know when you uh, undertake the, the life of, like, I'm going to become an artist. You're just like, well, I'm fucked. Mm -hmm. like, and, and there's probably no end game or something, and it seems like not to 
put any doom and gloom on people's comedy approaches or careers but it almost seems like that's like absolutely not of concern to like most of the people whose work I really like in comedy is they're just like I don't I'm not trying to get on, like yeah but you want that one-to-one you want the audience to like you because you know your job is to be funny mm-hmm. but outside of that there's not this like clear-cut trajectory and it seems like people are really just playing with it and seeing what the fuck happens mm-hmm. I think that's what's making everything feel really like fertile and exciting is because um there's there is and there isn't like some mad dash but it's just a, when you talk about those shows like the amount of effort and focus and intention and like hard work that goes into like a 10 minute <laughs> real dumb bit with like three tech cues <laughs> yeah. and like and god bless uh frank god who, bless frank who does so much tech for people mm-hmm. and frank i just, just had a birthday oh happy, happy belated frank. happy belated frank my god the most important and uh thankless job out there and he he's a, he's real good at it too he's a genius but a it's like genius. people people are treating the people are treating their pieces like sculptures it's like really insane i mean some of the i think the early stuff when uh ann and lorelei were doing the comedy central pretends thing <laughs> those performances were insane they were like three hours long and everybody played a character that only happened at that thing and then no one has ever resurrected like that character yeah. that bit and it was just over the top. I mean, I was like offended by how, <laughs> like, yeah, how like, ephemeral. Just how, yeah, and like simultaneously impressed. Just like you put so much fucking work, and I like respect that so deeply. I think that's yeah. I respect that too. I think that's what makes me so excited about this community of people is that there's just like there's clearly like yeah there's there's nothing to show for it, and while that's like unwise or unstrategic or something there's like so i find so much beauty and like the amount of work ethic sometimes people put into just this moment in time that can truly be like life altering if it's like a really wild bit you know i've had like Mm -hmm. my i've had like minor existential crises and like my life changed by like stupid things yeah people (laughs) that i know have said that have just like fucked me up yeah i remember i did this show it was like literally the week um after uh Trump won. It was like the next week, and Joe Castle Baker did this bit where he um was talking about like in in catharsis uh, after the election, he likes to scat and just spent like oh that was like, like sc- wait, it wait, wasn't like, after the election. Yeah. John and like, like yes, but spent like maybe like five minutes like screaming scat yeah. like yeah. literally like uh, at the top of his lungs. People like oh, my God. in the front of over the eight were like looking back, what? like freaking out. Yeah. yeah, like it was. I was crying. I was oh yeah. So yeah. It was like. But it really was cathartic. That's, yeah. yeah oh, at the that's same time. A, that's on a different fucking level. Yeah. That's really good. Um, all right. We're going to take one more quick break. Uh, and I'll be right back with Jabuki Young-White and Amy Zimmer. Hello, humor and the abject listeners. When was the last time that you had a great night's sleep? I bet it has been like a billion ass boat United Kingdom bubbly goat choker years. Don't worry. That doesn't automatically make you a Screedler. To be a Screedler, you must live by the code of Screedlerdom. Anyways, the point here is that you should be sleeping better. And there is no better way to sleep appropriately and with massive hecking gusto than on a bed. Beds are a type of sleeping thing that you can put in your bedroom. They are named after that room. The bed. Room. Get a bed sent to your house and sleep on it. I have to go now and catch up on the feed in my wood-fired pizza-themed Slack channel. Hope you're having a good week and that your dang butt doesn't annihilate your chauncey. My uh, sisters were visiting from Denver and Dre came over for dinner and uh, I don't know how that came up but apparently it was running my mouth and I was like, yeah, what? I'll watch the shit out of that Jean Bonnet <laughs> documentary with you. And she was like, all right, dude, you want to do it next Friday? And I do this all the time. I like make, yeah, you're like, yeah. I make these like movie plans with people. I had this like plan with my friend Mike to go see Boss Baby. Um, <laughs> and I guess that night he kept telling me, I was like, we're going to go see, we're going to go next Saturday. And he was like, I'm moving that day. Like, I mean, if I'm done, maybe, but you know, I, I don't know that I can go see Boss Baby and I just like wouldn't Smash talk to him. Smash Cut too. <laughs> <laughs> bugging him the entire week, just being like, dude, are we going? And then he bailed on me. It's mm. Bailed okay. on Boss Baby. I know. That's not a real thing. No. Um, <clears throat> okay, we can bring it back here. Um, 
one thing actually when uh we took that little break that i was thinking about these kind of jokes that people tell that kind of fuck you up eternally um i think one time i had a Casey Jane Ellison, who was mm-hmm. on the That Was Fantastic show, I had Casey uh, Skype into a class that I was teaching and do one of her performances where she does that kind of glitchy, like insane, weird video stand-up. Mm-hmm. And she had, and I, or maybe it wasn't that, I can't remember, like, or maybe it was this show at White Columns. Um, but, I, you know, she's performing one of these things, and she says, she starts going on this bit about, you know, I can, uh, you know, I have this sixth sense where I can look at you and I can, I can tell the shape of your aura you know, just by looking at you. Um, and everyone whose name is Matt's aura is shaped like a basketball. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't, that's like the dumbest fucking thing I've ever, and I like have been thinking about it for like two years, like at least once a day. Anytime I see a basketball or anything that slightly references it, I'm like, is it because Matt, is that like a white guy's name? But do white, is that like a stereotype that white guys like basketball? I'm just like, I don't understand this fucking joke. Like, there's no, there is, it just it. it's makes me crazy and I can't Sometimes stop. I'll see just a sign and it will remind me of like a bit that Anna has done before and mm-hmm. I'll just like start dying laughing. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, she did the one show, I think her last show, she, um, she had, uh, like you fill out a survey or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So just like deadpan, but like that literally has changed the way that I perceive reality. Now. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Something is suddenly funny that like I never would have expected before. My mom yeah. sends me texts that I read in Anna's voice, mm-hmm. like that have like emojis in them and things like that. And I will like I had Dre shoot a video of me once just reading a text from my mom that was about the weather in Michigan. Yeah. And had all <laughs> no, these, totally. Like, it had all these emojis <laughs> in it, and I was like. Doing it, and for breaks, kind of, you know, <laughs> doing this yeah. thing, and I, was, hot. Yeah. <laughs> and I sent it to her, and she was just like, "Thanks, man." Yeah, I would also <laughs> recommend going to the Apple Store and reading the emails on the phones, on the store phones, like the display phones. Yeah, like that people leave signed in. No, no, no. They oh. are pre-written <laughs> Apple. I thought like, you meant people doing like Wi-Fi theft and like yeah, using. Yeah, no. Okay. It's like the pre-written like Apple display. They're like, look at these emails and texts you can send, and they could not be blander. That's cool. <laughs> Highly recommend reading those in Anna's voice too. Speaking of iPhones, um, you know, which I think many of us have. <laughs> I've got one. I've got a four. <laughs> um, no, but uh, so Jabuki, I was at uh, this art book fair the other week that uh, I was exhibiting at and I was sitting next to Lorelai Ramirez and uh, whom I love friend of everybody here I think and Lorelai's sort of sitting there and she's giggling to herself and I was you know you just kind of sit there all day and you're like trying to get people to buy zines basically it's kind of mind-numbing and insane but Mm -hmm. I was like okay I was like well what do you you know something's entertaining like let me look like what do you what do you have that's funny I'm just staring right now and she was like oh uh, why don't you watch this trailer um, for this movie and I was and I was looking at it and I and I just started laughing really hard I mean it was a very funny thing and I was like I was like is that guy dressed like fucking Borat and she was like and she was like yeah dude that's Jabuki and I was like what back that up <laughs> you know, and, then, and then yeah that so, was unreal so yeah Jabuki this is my first movie star on the podcast <laughs> uh, also my second but you're welcome can you <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about uh, this new film that you're in? And I'm just curious how, I have no idea how this shit works. Like, how did you, how are you in a movie? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's Rough Night. It's yeah. uh, the first scene, uh, the girls are like playing this really high stakes ping or like beer pong yeah. match. And uh, it's like girls versus boys. So like, gotta win for your gender or whatever. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. And I just got an email from someone like, hey, could you improvise, like, a bro for, like, two, three minutes? And I mean, like, that it happens over. to be my yeah, that, my forte. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, since you asked. Um, so, yeah, I just did that and sent it over. And then, yeah, bam. Next thing, I was in a green thong. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which was, like, unnervingly hot, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just like, mm, okay, well, <laughs> comedian. <laughs> cool. There's a, not to spoil anything, but there is one shot where the, like, ping pong ball goes right into the cup and just from how they had to frame it up <laughs> uh-huh. my junk is yeah. you just right got a nice, there. Yeah, yeah. that's great they wouldn't be doing it right yeah they didn't get that. i'm gonna i'm gonna pirate that well i'll buy it i'll buy a ticket to it but God, later yeah. for artistic purposes i'm going to pirate it and i'm going to create a 
kaleidoscopic um like four channel thing going out from the middle of Jabuki's <laughs> junk like have you guys ever seen yes. the song remains the same like that of course not it is a <laughs> it's a led zeppelin concert film and like fantasy tale that they released at one point and it's totally like everything in the 70s was a fantasy it's tale. so insane yeah. it's like you just uh, i mean i don't know if y'all I don't know if y'all trip on pot, but <laughs> like you could trip on some pot and watch this and have a nice time. But anyways, there's this scene in, um, it's in Stairway to Heaven. And uh, it's right before the bridge comes in where it gets all like heavy and starts rocking, you know, after the big like drama part. And there's one part where Robert Plant, it goes, you know, there's like a line that says like, in the forests will echo with laughter and the audience all cheers. And then he goes, does anybody remember laughter? Ooh. And just sort of coyly, and you can see like Jimmy Page is just furious that he said this into a microphone at like a giant concert. <laughs> but then the bridge comes in and it goes insane. And as soon as he starts singing that, like, as I wind on down the road, mm-hmm. the camera, because it's the 70s and they had just figured out like visual effects, <laughs> zooms in on his like fucking moose knuckle and his extremely tight <laughs> bell bottom pants and has like a kaleidoscopic vision of just Robert Plant's <laughs> little weird dick bouncing wow. out of four parts of the thing while he's gyrating his hips. And it's one of the funniest visuals I've ever seen. <laughs> Like, so, um, Jabuki, whenever I have access to that, I will make you one of those. Please do. Of I would your... appreciate that greatly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they do the in order of appearance, though. Set so your names on the top. Mm-mm. No. But there's like three like endings, basically. Like, you should really stay in the theater all the way until the end because uh, there's like still like plot being divulged or whatever and like my name, <laughs> too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's there. You'll see it. You'll see it. Did you did you get to eat um what is it? Uh craft services? <laughs> did you get to have that? I've never yeah, had that in my life. It was, Sometimes I walk by it by like NYU when they're shooting a movie and I'm just like, fuck man, it's like a shit. <laughs> NYU's look. built on craft services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was um it was really good. The table was like very nicely spread out. They had a Keurig. Um they had like a bunch of fresh fruits and vegetables but then like we went to this church in the basement where there was like truly a like buffet set up basically and um yeah it was like there was like mahi mahi like yeah it was like amazing they had a full dessert table like true true opulence were people like being weird about it and just being like can't eat those things no, people ate the fuck out. There were so many extras that day. There was like a hundred of us, it felt like. So like it was gone. Yeah. You're going to be the only one that anybody remembers, though, out of those extras. I oh, mean, that's well, um, a... I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, time out. Got to pause. Okay. Uh, not an extra. Sorry. Um, yeah. Sorry. Future. Yeah. We are I don't together the in the craft. Yes. Yeah. But, um, sorry. Yeah. I think it, that was a principle, I think. No, it wasn't yeah. a principle. I don't know what the name of the role is, but it wasn't an extra. <laughs> Sean, you'll be getting some paperwork. Yeah, and we'll work um, all this out. I can no, I can go back in we and just edit it. I'll, yeah, I'll sure. just. Oh my god! I'll thank put you in so some much. like. You could warp my voice when you say he's an extra, just so I'm not. Doesn't seem like you, I'm here. When wait, you did that. you say it first or did I? No, I. I don't know any of these. Two. You guys, I'm not like an industry person. I don't. You know, these are no, things it really that doesn't. It really doesn't these are things that I don't know about. That would be like. Um, that would be like calling someone a post-internet artist who wasn't, and they'd be like very upset by, by the <laughs> label or something like that. Um, wait, be quiet. Can you hear the person whistling? Gorgeous. Yeah. It's kind of nice because, I mean, this room's mostly soundproof, but that door is glass, and it's all concrete out there. So it, the reverb is really beautiful. It's like yeah. we're caught in time from like a hundred years ago just like an old sailor yeah like an old sailor still haunts the there's old a wistfulness ship. to that whistle what if yeah kick, the old dog i heard kickstarters haunted maybe a lover an old lover he whistled oh, to that's cool that was a main character from a web series that <laughs> <laughs> yeah. from an unsuccessful yeah. campaign yeah. who's stuck here he yeah. died he because they didn't leave. get their money we leave excuse me that was stunning yeah <laughs> He pokes podcast. his head in. Hi, is this media? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, um, I'm actually working on a web series. It's like two best friends, New York City. Um, <laughs> that would be fucking cool if you ran a Kickstarter campaign that didn't succeed and you just had to haunt the halls of this building <laughs> and kind of float around and just be like, That's what happened. Just be like, it was a really good idea. <laughs> it could charge two phones at once. <laughs> 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 um, 
Well, so what's uh, you know, what's coming up for you guys? What do you wanna, what do you wanna get out into the world? What do you want people to know? What should we be looking out for? Anything? Wow. Well, there's plenty, plenty of things out there, I guess. Uh, well, I will plug the show. That, that was, was fantastic. fantastic. June 29th, I believe. June 29th. Thursday. New Thursday, eight p.m. You see that shit? I didn't even look at my laptop. Wow, wow. that means a lot. Maintained yeah. eye contact. Mm-hmm. That hits me in a way that uh, this dude's. The I, whisper- I, I'm going to ask it- him to be on the line. <laughs> it's kind of like God sent me here. <laughs> you should. Yeah, he could. I mean, that would be a pretty interesting thing to try to have people sit through is just a guy <laughs> whistling with like a lot of reverb this during dude. the whole show. This is the next conversation. <laughs> and just see if. Wait. So who's Who's on the lineup for that? We've got a real fun lineup. Anna Fabrega's on it. Uh, Julio Torres, Eudora Peterson, John Early, Lena Einbinder. When is the show? And some special guests will be announced leading up. What? I'm going to be out of town. Where are you going? I'm going to Chicago and I'm going to L.A. for a little bit. Mm -hmm. What's going on in L.A.? Do you have some generals? Yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I just learned that term. One of my one of my Gorgeous. friends one of my friends had to go to L.A. for. Um, we were actually going to record an episode, uh, and he he had to cancel because he had to go to L.A. And he was like really embarrassed when he was texting me, not terribly, but just sort of being like, "I have to go to L.A." You know, and I was like, and I was like "What for?" And like he kind of he was just like, "It's just fucking thing." And then I was like, and then I had heard that term on a different podcast, and I was like, he's going there for generals, and that's why he doesn't want to tell me. Literally, I was wow. getting ready to be like, oh, sure. Okay. It's my life. I was so seen in a way that I hadn't been seen before that I had to. Yeah, you were like, come yes, clean. yes. Yeah. It just felt so easy yeah. to say it. Yes. That's fucking fun, though. I love Los Angeles. I don't get this, like, I understand that people from New York like aren't supposed to like Los Angeles, but Los Angeles is fucking cool, and people are yeah. friendly there. Mm. It reminds me of like a far better Florida, Central Florida, yeah. especially because it's like a lot of driving, but it's like beautiful and healthy and sunny. And so healthy. Yeah. yeah. I fucked up big time when I moved to Arizona to go to college. I mean, don't get me wrong. The rest of Arizona is amazing, like Flagstaff and Tucson, and like it's ac- Arizona is mm. very pretty. Phoenix is a piece of fucking <laughs> shit, and you can like put that on my epitaph, like, <laughs> put that on my gravestone. And to all my friends who still live there, if you listen to this, what the fuck are you doing? Like leave, but drag um, her, <laughs> yeah, drag Phoenix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I flew there. I went there on like a spring break from Michigan State in like a February of I want to say 2001 before 9/11. Okay. I went out there and for spring break, and it was like, you know, 15 degrees in Michigan. And I went to Tempe, Arizona, because a friend had moved there, and I was like, this is amazing. There are palm trees everywhere. If I just gotten in a car <laughs> and driven five hours wow. west and just been like, yeah, Cal- there's a state called fucking California that <laughs> yeah. I live in. But Check it out. Do you see yourself, like, settling in L.A. at some point then? I don't know. I like it a lot. I think it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um I don't love driving, and I know that that's like a contentious point or something, but... Love it. Actually, a lot of my friends who live there, it seems like they have pretty, like, uh, they're pretty, like, when they're not at work, they're pretty dialed into, like, the area that they live in in their neighborhood, and they yeah, that's walk the to, like, a difference. grocery store, and they walk to, like, different places, and, and it seems totally fine. When I went and visited last time, um, the only time we got in a car was when we left to go out of the city to go do something. Like, my friend just walked everywhere that he went, and wow, it was really cool, Um it's so big, I have no idea what fucking neighborhood he lived in. And anytime you say a street that's in Los Angeles, people are like, that street is 16 miles long. You're like, mm, nice. Yeah, mm. well, I've been on it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what about you, Jabuki? What's coming up? Um, I'm, you know. Uh, no, I, uh, I'm trying to get like a show together. Um, the space situation is always weird because right now there's like, there's so many spaces, but there's not like a lot of medium size you know mm-hmm. there's like the larger venues and then like the smaller venues but just yeah. like something that could seat a lot of people is nice like low-key um so venues hmu but um mm-hmm. other than that i like post about anything that i'll do on twitter so like yeah that's a good that's a good place Likewise. i'm gonna be tweeting i got so many great tweets coming up everybody um really uh, we, can we take a moment you got them scheduled or no i don't <laughs> i'm just to what talk I about. but don't to. you you used to yeah i used to, to talk about his fucking like Gorgeous process. It's unreal, man. <laughs> I can't believe some of the fucking shit that you tweet. I just look at it and I'm like, 
I, I just, I don't know how to <laughs> process it or like, I mean, I know the one that you did that everybody like lost their shit on when you did the like Chipotle thing with the Donald Trump tweet about making deals. And I was just yeah. like, oh, fuck me. <laughs> like, because I'm, <clears throat> I'm not a big fan of the like retweeting Trump thing. Uh, just in general, because I'm like, fuck him, like, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. But that was... Uh, Joyous. Yeah, you know, where I grew up, that was uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was a real impressive tweet you did there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, that's the jewel in my crown, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you changed your pinned tweet, I noticed. Um, yeah, I did change it for a little bit, just to switch it up. Yeah, um, you've got to, mister. Yeah, exactly. you got to <laughs> go back and forth between a couple. I cycle through. But yeah, Twitter's fun. So Jabuki actually, like, encouraged me to, like, just express more in my, like, my, yeah, my stunning 600 Are followers. Are so with thankful. Me? I don't know if you're being... No, really, you we talked really? once, because I was okay. like, you know, the the joy and the, you know the freedom with which you're doing it is so lovely. And we were just like, kind of just talk. well, we were like talking about like just the, like putting stuff out like that. And I don't know. We were just like talking about Twitter, but it, it really went into a larger conversation and it was just like, Oh yeah, just be, just breathe. (laughs) You know, it's just like conversation that was like, so refreshing. Well, it's a pretty hilarious and awesome medium for people that are doing stuff that, you know, has to do with comedy because the same thing, you get immediate, like, you get an immediate gauge about, like, is this working? And, like, Mm -hmm. should I, do I go down that rabbit hole or follow that thing? And that's pretty fantastic. And, I mean, the, I assume a lot of people, um, probably with my politics and interests, Twitters look like this, but I have a mixture of just, like, absolutely fucking hilarious insane things that people that i know or people that i follow are tweeting and then just like the most depressing fucking like things being <laughs> yeah. retweeted in yeah. about like this or that and it's like yeah this is like um i mean it's like the joke of the name of like the podcast it's like humor the abject. And the abject like yeah. i'm Thank just you, sitting there everyone. just being like yeah and we're wrapped yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh are we good yeah yeah, you gotta be somewhere. No, oh, no, 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 no. That was a bit. I love this. This is so fun. Yeah, oh my god, let's please, keep talking. Please, no, don't. no, no, no. I yeah. take the bit back. Take the bit back. <laughs> I take it back. Oh, I'm just kidding. That we are at time. Oh, okay, cool. Oh. Okay, love you both. Thank you. All right, thanks. Thanks. <laughs>